0: What is up, y'all? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week and some big titles ending here, starting with American Vampire 1976, number 10. From DC Comics, written by Scott Snyder, art by Raphael Albuquerque. This is the big finale to the American Vampire Saga, a comic book that uh, not exactly, but we have followed almost the entire time we yes. have been reviewing and talking about comic books. So what did you think about this issue, and what did you think about the wrap-up as a whole?
2: I, I mean, I don't know. It felt. Do you think this is really the the last they'll do?
0: That's what they've said.
2: I know it's what they're saying, but the way, obviously, like, we are going to sort of spoil it. It's sort of Skinner's story, and we bring that to a close without saying too much about what actually happens. But I don't know. To me, it felt like the door's definitely still open. Mm -hmm. It felt a little abrupt, honestly. Um, Not necessarily a bad way, but I was like, oh, it's over.
0: Yeah, I I think you're spot on with that. I think they set out to tell Skinner's sweet story and to finish that up. And that does finish as definitively as you can finish something for a Supernatural series. But yeah, like you said, they leave the world open. And I think that's purposely so that if they do want to five years, 10 years down the road, something like that, do something that is not called American vampire, but maybe has another name. They definitely could do something like that. But as a finish, I think they've, finished big there's an enormous monster fight in las vegas so yeah really no it's a and that.
2: the action was great i liked the the twists and turns of what happened um and i liked that it sort of came back to the core of like pearl and skinner at the end of the day it was it was good like i i'm not knocking i just was like sort of like oh oh dear
0: yeah i think are we, are it we done didn't, here it didn't quite have the emotional heft that I would have wanted it to and that might be because of the scale versus the emotion but at the same time I enjoyed it I had fun reading it um and we'll see we'll see if they revisit it at some point yeah moving on I to I feel another. like
2: give it a couple years they're going to get a little itch yeah. a little
0: vampire a little itch. a little bite they'll feel a little bite Suicide exactly. Squad Get Joker number 1 from DC Comics written by Brian Azzarello art by Alex Maleev as you might expect with the new movie of the Suicide Squad coming out in theaters and HBO Max tons of content coming out from DC Comics everybody loves the old content yeah. minds but here this is a all-star team working together you got a writer and artist pair that are names in and of themselves. This is a black label book, so don't expect it to be these squeaky clean adventures of the Suicide Squad. There's a lot of cursing. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of blood that goes on here as they try to get Joker. Um, I will say I enjoyed this book as a solid Suicide Squad book until Mm -hmm. the end, which I thought was a great twist. And got yeah, me I was were going to say You did like it.
2: I was like, I thought the twist was so good.
0: No, it was good. Um, it was just I was like, okay, yeah, this is a, this is a good. Uh, Brian Azzarello, Red Hood, starring Suicide Squad. book I get it. I know how the Su- Suicide Squad works. That's fine. I've read this a bunch. But what happens at the end here is a great twist that sets up however long the series is going to go. I loved it, and um, totally jazz for issue number two.
2: Yeah. I mean, putting the Red Hood as the sort of a main guy and having him be just a straight up hero, I think, is great. Uh, really helps a lot. The twist is great. I like the touches of sort of the modern world a little bit. Like mm-hmm. one of the um, members of the team is like, uh, a, was at the Capitol on January 6th, which yeah. I <laughs> thought was like, I was like, oh, shit, this feels very uh, real. Um yeah, but I thought that was a cool
0: twist. It's yeah. funny. I don't think that Brian Azzarello ever necessarily just you know tosses one off or something like that. But you can kind of tell when he's a little more into something. And it was touches like that that made me think, okay, this wasn't just them backing up a money truck to Brian Azzarello and Alex Malib yeah. to get them to do a Suicide Squad book, mashing it up with Joker. This is something a little more, and that's what you finally get by the end.
1: I and they- I
2: love the design of the Joker here. It's a little bit of a different look. Uh, it's cool. And just the dialogue really shines. Um, Azrael. that's why you get Azarello. Like, it's just really fun uh, conversations.
0: Next up, Spirits of Vengeance Spirit Rider, number one from Marvel, written by Taboo and B. Earl, art by Paul Davidson. This is a one-shot mashing up Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider and also a Ghost Rider that was introduced in the Doctor Strange not a ghost rider, excuse me, a spirit rider. Spirit rider, Alex. Yeah, I, I don't know how I made that mistake. That's a real yes, real goof on my yeah. part. Come on,
2: this isn't our first rodeo when it comes mm-hmm. to the different spirits of vengeances.
0: I barely know what's going on here, but I do like the story, and I thought Paul Davidson's art was very good. I wish, I wish it was a little less text heavy because I like the yeah. art so much, and I felt like. They were telling a good story, but it was obscuring visually what was going on occasionally.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think that's uh, 100% true. Like, there's a lot – I mean, there's a lot to explain. Um, I mean, the Ghost Rider sort of subuniverse is confusing because it's all stacked on top of each other. Uh, Unlike, like, the Batman – the Bat family where it sort of spreads out and different characters find their own little spot – so far, Ghost Rider has just been like, one guy's a Ghost Rider, then another person is, and then another person, and that's about it. And sometimes they
0: meet, but it's weird when they meet. Yeah, um, Some of them have it, red hair, but some of them have blonde hair. Blonde hair. But it's like it a makes, little reddish. It's like a little bit of a reddish Because they're fire, mm-hmm.
2: fire hair. Very is different, is good, mind
0: you, from the Bat family, where it's like, yes, they all have black hair, but they're different heights. That's 100% true.
2: Yeah, put those Robins in a line. I'm sure we can all tell each and every one of them apart. <laughs> No doubt. We're fans. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it, there there was a lot to explain. I really like this character of Kushala um, and uh, coming in as a demon rider, leaving as what is called a spirit rider. And it seems like we're going to get more stories um, from her. She travels back in time. Doctor Strange is sort of here as a um, a piece of technology, essentially. Who's just like, <laughs> right. here you go. Keep going. Um, but it was cool. It felt like it had stakes, especially for an issue that really seems to be just setting up this character, like, it was cool. I hope – reading this, I, I hope they do sort of expand out the, the spirit of vengeance part of the Marvel Yeah, uh,
0: listen, this may be just the issues we're checking in on, but it feels like Ghost Rider has been in this fixing phase for months, if not years now, where they keep putting out one-shots to be like – oh, okay, this weird thing happened with Ghost Rider and some other title. Now we need to fix this with a one-shot and get them back to status quo. Then some other weird thing happens and they release another one-shot. And so, I don't know. Not that I necessarily need to read an ongoing Ghost Rider title. It's not my favorite character. But I think the Ghost Rider that they have over at Avengers is great. I love reading about him. Um, I don't know if we need all of these other ones necessarily right now, but, you know figure out what the next good story is and tell it versus constantly tweaking and tweaking and tweaking.
2: Well, and I think like adding Robbie Reyes as the, the ghost rider over in Avengers with a car. It was like, look, he has a car. It's a little different. Um, and then it's like, well, but we also want to keep all the motorcycles guys cause they're fun too. And it's, I think like, let them all be, but just make them different as opposed to, mm-hmm. uh, the same.
0: The Me You Love in the Dark, number one, from Image Comics, written by Scotty Young, art by Jorge Corona. This is the team off of Middle West, which was an all-ages Wizard of Oz-esque story. A little bit, kind of, sort of brushed up against that, one might say. That was very deep and really pushed Scotty Young into darker, more young adult territory, at the very least. But here we're seeing him venturing into adult territory, this is not well we're not quite sure what this is yet but this definitely feels like gothic romance and uh, about an author uh, excuse me an artist she is hitting a dry spell moves to a creepy mansion that may or may not be haunted and is trying to find inspiration there not too much of a spoiler to say that yeah it definitely is haunted and the ghost is pretty scary here yeah i like this quite a bit what do you think justin
2: I like I really like the way that um the art sort of it feels like we're seeing a visual a different visual interpretation of a ghost. We have this like sort of flowing white uh motif that is like ghostly music. Um it's sort of she's talks to the ghost before the ghost is actually a real ghost. She's just like mm-hmm. doing that thing where you're like I'm scared of ghosts. But I'm going to pretend there's one here just to be very cool about it. And then turns out she uh, maybe conjures a ghost, maybe doesn't. I guess we'll see. Um, but, yeah, uh, cool cool issue. Definitely going to pick up the next.
0: Next up, Lucky Devil, number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by Cullen Bunn, art by Fran Galan. This is about a guy who gets possessed by a demon, kills a ton of people in very creative ways, and then I believe by the end of the issue is trying to start some sort of cult around the demon because he still has the demon's powers, even though it has been exercised from him. I like the art in here quite a bit. It was creative and gross and kind of reminded me a little bit of the X-Men event Inferno from back in the day. with Oh, yeah, yeah, good call. Subways eating people and things. But it almost felt like... uh, a recap of a series I hadn't read, you know, because the, the main character is recounting everything that happened previously. So I don't know. I expected that to end at some point, not end at the end of the first issue and then lead into whatever's happening next. Um, But uh, I don't know. What what was your take on it?
2: Uh, I agree. I like the art a lot. I thought this was a good issue that sets up a, we sort of like fall through a couple phases of the premise. It's like, Dude's possessed by like a mega demon. So a bunch of fucked up stuff happens. Uh, that's a scary and fun demon leaves power stays. Now he is essentially the demon um, in every which way. So it it's cool. I, I like the premise. Um, I'm curious. Now we we've established sort of <laughs> point zero. Like what's the move here?
0: Yeah, it felt a little bit like a potentially more efficient way of getting through the first arc of a book, because like you're saying, every single one of those things be more than enough for an issue. And I'd be happy to follow that. But it sort of felt like maybe Cullen got not bored of the premise, but felt like, all right, let's just get to it quicker. Let's get through it from the first issue and then move on to the thing. So like you said, curious to check out to see what happens at issue two.
2: If it is a cult story, then 's like yeah, like let's get all this uh, groundwork out of the way so we can get to this like fucked up, deep, very powerful <laughs> demon cult that seems to be just like running rampant around um, the world.
0: Essentially, uh, he's yeah. just
2: like killing people. There's no, no fake imaginary thing about it. It's just like straight up.
0: Next up, Batman number 111 from DC Comics, written by James Tynion IV, art by Jorge Jimenez and Ricardo Lopez-Ortiz. This is finishing up a big arc on Batman and then kicking off the Fear State crossover that's, I believe, going to start next month as Batman fights to save the Unsanity Collective and Uh, finds himself face-to-face with the Scarecrow, something we already knew was going to happen, but we didn't actually know how. Scarecrow, very powered up now in this comic book. I love this scary, scary Scarecrow. So good. I also love the twists that happen here. We've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast, but Future State set up a lot of possible things that could be happening in the DC universe, bad things. And everything that's been happening (laughs) in this arc has been leading up to this thing where Simon Saint is running the magistrate program. They've banned vigilantes in Gotham City. And that may still happen, but things go in a very big, very different direction by the end of the issue. And I love that twist of expectations there if you've read those books. But I think it works regardless whether you have read them or not.
2: Yeah, and I like this unsanity collective as a uh, as a group that's hanging out in the, in Gotham city. Like they sort of have like young X-Men vibes, um, in the way they are going about their business. So that's cool. Um, and I'm starting to like, uh, orphan maker here. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think?
0: I do like orphan maker. I like, I don't know if you're talking about the backup story, which is fun. And sort of these tales of orphan maker, but in the issue, in the main story in the issue, orphan maker, Harley Quinn, Batman teaming up, It's a fun, weird, different team. I mean, we were joking about it earlier, but it feels very different from Batman being backed up by Dick Grayson and Tim Drake, which is all variations of the same character in a certain way, or at least arguably variations. Orphan Maker, very different. Harley Quinn, obviously very different. Uh, And it's a weird mix. It's off-putting, but it's interesting to read.
2: I want to hear the, or see the issue where the, like all the Robins are like, hey, Bruce, what's up with the people you've been palling around with? Yeah. You're making us feel we tried so hard, are you, are you and now adopting you're adopting them now. Yeah, exactly. Where do we? Are we on our own finally? We're in our thirties, I think.
0: Hey, it just occurred to me. This might be really obvious. Is he orphan maker because Bruce is constantly adopting orphans? So it's the opposite thing.
2: Oh, interesting. um I didn't think that. I thought it was a name that you come up with when you're like a teenager and you're like, what sounds cool? I kill dads. <laughs> and then, I, so I make the strongest
0: orphans. thing imaginable. A dad. My dad. Uh, but yes,
2: hearing you say that, I think Orphan Maker is sort of uh, what Bruce would not like
0: because he was orphaned. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He, he right would him. hate that. He'd hate it. Do you he's know if would He's hate, orphan though, made. Do you know what Bruce wouldn't hate? Bruce would not hate taking a little time to talk about this week's sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do you have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with a fourth-generation brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits uh, in don't your don't go to plant. pube planet. Don't go oh, to pube. Oh my planet, god! Though. I, I had... visited.
2: Have you been yeah. to the pube planet? Yeah, I, I crashed there. And mm-hmm. boy, it was
0: like, look what you did. Ugh. You ruined it. <laughs> you, you ruined maniacs. everything. You maniacs. You blew it up, except the opposite yeah. of that. Whatever the opposite you of that is. Blew it up with pubes. There's pubes, pubes. everywhere. Pubes. It's pubes pube his pubes. I ran around chatting and was like, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. You live here. Anyway, the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job for the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Madscape and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to Madscape.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. First scheduled for liftoff, new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus.
2: Oh, it's all been building up to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh that's what I refer to um everything is my solar system. Um get 20% off plus free shipping with fansided20 at manscaped.com That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls.
0: Well, thank you. Hmm. We really have to figure out what that Trinity thing is. I'm still uh, Yeah, Trinity.
2: I think I know what it is now.
0: Oh. uh, Okay. I think I figured it out too. It's your orphan maker. Uh, Oh, I don't want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) But the opposite. But the opposite. Yeah. Deadpool, Black, White, and Blood, number one from Marvel, written by Tom Taylor, Ed Bryson, and James Stokoe, art by Phil Noto, Wils Portacio, and James Stokoe. You should probably guess from the title, this is another one of Marvel's collections of short story about the characters. In this case, it's about Deadpool, so we get three stories here. Uh, I will be honest, I threw this in the stack because I thought it would be a gimme for Pete, and then Pete yes. decided to not show up for the stack. True oh boy.
2: Uh, but it what it is a gimme to peep. And this yes. is this is good Deadpool. This is some good uh, boilerplate Deadpool stuff. I really like the first story with the um black and white and red all over joke basically mm-hmm. made
0: real. Very funny. Uh, very fun. And uh, well the James Stoko story, I think was particularly good. We've talked about his books quite a bit, and I thought the art was really good on them. The writing was really good. Um, So just a fun collection all over the place. Uh, next up, I think we can talk about Trover Saves the Universe, number one, from Image Comics by Tess Stone. This is based on the video game by Justin Roiland, who is the co-creator of Rick and Morty. Trover Saves the Universe. I don't know anything about the video game. And if you haven't, I guess you can jump right into this and you'll get it. But it's basically like a corporate murder mystery with a bunch of people with weird eyeballs and stuff killing each other. With faces for eyeballs. Yeah. This, to me, felt... Very, uh, I never know how to pronounce his name Yonan Vasquez, the guy who did Invader Zim And Johnny the oh, Homicidal yeah. Maniac Reminded right. me of that a lot more than Rick and Morty, personally
2: Yes, and I didn't know what was going on for a lot of this This mm-hmm. I was like, is this something that is a thing And I just don't know about it Or is this not a thing and nobody knows about it um, yeah. but, I'm not sure,
0: uh, I
2: don't know yeah. um, But, but uh, it was, somebody knows about it, I'm sure that's, that's the spirit. That Put that on the spine. Somebody knows about it. Here's um,
0: another... Oh, were you going to say something else about no, this? Okay. Go Here's it. another one that was kind of a gibby for Pete that I threw out there. And again, not here, but Transformers King Grimlock, number one from IDW, written by Steve Orlando, art by yes. Augustine Padilla. And in this, Grimlock, the dinosaur Transformer is thrust back in time into a very... Camelot sword and sorcery type situation where they were hoping for Optimus Prime. Instead, they got Grimlock. It's fun. It's a fun mashup. It
2: is fun and reading this, I was like, God, do you remember when the Dinobots came out? What a time. It was like, (laughs) it's like they cracked the code. They were like, people seem to like these cars. What if we also made them dinosaurs? Just
0: genius. I, the thing Thing That really drew me into this Was seeing that You have a Grimlock book written by Steve Orlando which is a wild yeah. choice For this but he brings his Love of all things kitschy And weird and puts them together here He's adding some new stuff With some wooden transformers maybe The next issue
2: well when I saw that I was like oh man it would be suck to be a wooden transformer one <laughs> One night laying in some Water
0: mm-hmm. you're, you're busted yeah, Pinocchio, warped. the original wooden transformer.
2: Next up. Uh, oh, that's wait. I just want to read the actual line next from the end of the book, the to be continued. Yeah. The tragedy of the wood bots, which <laughs> is the fact
0: that we got to that line is just beautiful. Good stuff. Question Lobo number three from DC Comics Really I put the stack together For Pete Real shame that he's not here Written by Mariko Tabaki, Art When's by the Justin Amange. stack Coming out I feel like I'm
2: at Another man's birthday I'll party. tell you
0: what There's been several times Where I've put together A Justin stack And you're not here When it, When is Alex's time When is it yeah. Alex's stack Wither the Alex stack <laughs> Tears running down Art by Amin K. Nahupan. In this issue, we're finally getting Crush and Lobo face-to-face in prison where Lobo is being held. Of course, I don't think this is too much of a surprise. Lobo was tricking Crush in order to break out of jail, but he does it in a fun way, and it's a fun Lobo book. I had a good time reading this one, too.
2: Yeah, this was my favorite issue of the series so far. I thought it was was great to finally get um, Crush and Lobo together. It felt like we've sort of been building to this. Um, keeping still the the some of the relationship storyline going um that's for crush on the backside but great just like parent being a dick situation
0: Geiger number 5 from Image Comics by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank in this issue we're almost to the end of the first arc I don't know if the character's actual name is Geiger but the radioactive guy is bringing the two kids to a yeah. safe haven the remainder of the United States government, along with the nuclear codes from the nuclear football. We find out a secret about one of the kids. And of course, things are all not all well in this safe haven, as things are wont to do in a post-apocalyptic world. Justin, I know you've been a little down on this series, though I think we've all been very high on the Gary Frank arc in particular. Uh, What do you think? Is this ramping up and up for you in this issue, or are you still on the fence?
2: Uh, I'm still on the fence. Like It's great art good action. Um, I, I guess there's just, I just don't know what, I want this comic to be more special. Mm-hmm. I want to get, it feels like it's a, a comic where the hero is purposefully like, where you don't have any uh, like understanding of them or emotional connection to them. Uh, Cause it's a cool, it's like watching someone play with action figures. Like it's a cool look. It's a fun thing, but I just, there's the emotional core. I haven't found it yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, like you said, the designs are good. I like the characters in it, but I don't know. I just need more. Maybe it should have been a graphic novel or something like that rather than a monthly series. Um, but I'm still on board. I'll still read the next one, uh, particularly because I like the team, but we'll see where it goes.
2: Next- and I love the double-headed wolf is, is cool. Like there's a lot of the character designs are cool. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what the where the story is going. And it, and it does feel like it's like this guy – lost his family, so he's not creating a new family. But I just want to know what... It's always people observing him being like, this guy lost his family. It's like, just Mm -hmm. let me know what he's (laughs) feeling about the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Seven Secrets, number 11 from Boom Studios, written by Tom Taylor, art by Daniel DiNicolo. This is another solid issue of this book, but I, I know I keep mentioning this, but after the wild... Game-changing twists of a couple of issues back. It feels like this is good. This is solid. I'll keep reading this, but I wasn't necessarily blown away or left mouth agape by this issue. Your mouth was a little agape.
2: Yeah, it's slightly agape for for breathing purposes.
0: Yes, Um, I do have a cold, so my nose is a little stuffed up. So you're correct. Yeah, you need to. uh, You're
2: maybe too agape because all those germs are getting in. Mm -hmm. Close that mouth a little bit. Um, I like this comic as well. Um, It feels like, what I like about it is it feels like really big storytelling. Like I think this uh, is going to go on for a long time. We're going to really explore this world. The characters are really confidently written. Um, I feel like we haven't seen, I still want to see a little bit more of the world of like Mm -hmm. what is actually happening and sort of what these briefcases really mean. Because it's for something, we're still being kept in the dark a little bit here. It's a secret. We're, yes. we're not in
0: on the secret yet, and I wonder when or even if we will be. Next up, The Nice House on the Lake, number three from DC Comics, written by James the fourth, art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. As with the last two issues, we're focusing on one of the characters who is the final remaining human beings in existence as the rest of the Earth has been burned and horrifyingly mangled by something. We don't know exactly what, only that one of their friends was responsible for it or involved in it in some way. And he gave them a nice house on the lake as a trade. But as we find out in this issue, things might not be all nice and pleasant. In fact, uh, there is something else going on here, some sort of deeper mystery. This issue in particular really reminded me of a more adult version of the woods the book by James mm. Tynan which yeah. also slowly expanded outwards its mystery in this very isolated place in that book it was budget it was a school that was transferred to an alien planet and they didn't know what was going on uh, and we very slowly like resource managed and worked our way out sort of like some sort of DD campaign uh, and that's what this <laughs> feels like here but of the best creepiest way.
2: Yeah, um I I agree with you like it's it, it reminded me this issue this is very dorky uh but of the game mist mm-hmm. uh like the way like there's a mystery we're sort of exploring the world a little bit and you don't you know there are clues but they're just too opaque you just can't see exactly what they are. Um and I just love, love the pacing of this. It's so meticulous. Um, I think we're going to – it's horrifying. But also these are people being normal people at the same time.
0: Yeah. I, good- I can't
2: – truly, James, I feel like James Tynan is just on an absolute just crush run. Uh, like everything he does is working so well. So like I just can't can't stop reading it and enjoying it.
0: Wait, we've got another James Tynan book later on in the stack, but next up, would. the good Asian Number Four from Image Comics written by Pornsack Pinachot, Art by Alexandre Tfengi. This is continuing our mystery back in the day in Chinatown, and some very bad things are happening for the future of Chinatown potentially by the end, but the art continues to be really good here. The mystery is engaging. The characters are interesting. I know we called this out before, but this really feels very Darwin cook to me, uh, in a very good, very reminiscent way.
2: Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I think the, the, the writing's really good in this. It feels like it's very much in the world. It's trying to be a, a part of, um, and the end of this issue was really intense. Like, I was really caught up in it.
0: it yeah, great. It's good stuff. Green Lantern number 5 from DC Comics, written by Jeffrey Thorne, art by Tom Rainey, Marco Santucci, and Andy McDonald. This issue does something we've been asking for for the past couple of issues. It flips the order of the stories. In the front, right. we find out about our Teen Lantern and what's going on with her. She guns directly for Sinestro and the Yellow Lantern Corps. Uh, they're called Yellow Lantern Corps Or yep. is the Fear Lanterns? I don't know
2: I'm, I mean it's, it's all of those I think Sure uh, Oh lies. the Sinestro Corps That's what it's called
0: Yeah uh, And then but They call in... them Yellow Lanterns Yes And then in the back up story We get what's going on with John Stewart On his alien planet No offense meant to John Stewart But I think that is the right order for those stories. The Teen Lantern stuff is so good and so So interesting. Agreed. Mystery of her powers and what's going on. Great stuff. Can't wait to read more about that. And the John Stewart stuff is also solid.
2: Oh, interesting the way you said that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like... I, I, I sort of agree with what you're not saying, perhaps. I want the John Stewart story to be a little bit better. It feels like this Green Lantern book is committed to, like, we're going to make John Stewart sort of the main lantern here and then feature other lanterns wrote on a rotating basis. And the story just isn't there with him, and I don't know what it is. Um, so I hope that story sort of finds its spot. But I agree with you. The the story in the front was great, great Sinestro, the Yellow Lantern. We get to be in the uh, the, the head of the Yellow Lantern here during the fight, which was really cool. Uh, really good This is finally A Green Lantern book I feel like we can get Sink our teeth back into It's been a I while I
0: Next up Here's one I know You want to talk about Seven to Eternity Number 17 From Image Comics Written by Rick Remender Art by Jerome Pena. This is the final issue Of this book That we've been following huh. Since the very beginning it Finally reveals What the title means Yes Here And we get I don't even know If it's necessarily A huge twist Because it's something That we talked With Rick Remender About on the show when he was here because we finally do get a definitive answer of who is the good guy in this book and who is the bad guy. The answer is kind of, there are no good guys, Uh, but things go as bad as you'd expect from a Rick Remender book here at the end. But it's a great read ties up really well, ties up exactly how it needs to. I was very upset and very satisfied by this ending. A hundred percent. I
2: feel the same way. Like, and Rick Render does it every time. We're like, well, look, here are the heroes. The hero's going to win here in some way. It's not going to be. And then it's just like hit after hit, knocking these characters down and having them fail in ways that we could have never predicted <laughs> uh, and have the villain who we've just slowly over the course of the series been uh, led to sort of like, oh, this person's a, a philosopher. It's, uh, it, there's a moral – we're making some moral judgment on him, but he's actually it's, uh, an interesting character who just is making um, his own choices, the Mud King. And then in this issue, we're like, oh, no, There, there isn't that. Uh, you should be a little bit smarter with the way that you behave in when you're dealing with someone who is capable of being this evil. And uh, man, just great. The spring of the trap in this issue is so good. And... Um, it's a great, great ending. Really sad to see it go. And it ended in that sort of way where you, you are falling into the darkness along with the characters. It's really yeah. good.
0: Great stuff. Next up, the Swamp Thing number six from DC comics written by Ram, V, art by Mike Perkins. And this is the second Suicide Squad tie in issue here. We're getting the Suicide Squad going directly after Swamp Thing. Um, this, to be perfectly honest, was a little frustrating for me because I have been loving Swamp Thing. This title has been so good, so dark, so interesting. different. And this to me, whether it was or not, felt like corporately mandated crossover, getting in the middle of this thing that I really like. Art's still good. Mike Perkins is awesome. Writing's still solid. Ram V is a very good writer. It's a fine Suicide Squad story. But given how much I've been liking this book up until now, this definitely gave me pause.
2: Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I think maybe I liked it a little bit more than you. I think um, it feels, it does feel a little forced and maybe that's just not, it's just the coincidence of it all. Or it's like, oh, I might as well use these characters since the movie's coming out. But it does feel a little bit like if the book, if DC wants us to focus on the get Joker book, let that be the suicide squad thing and let the rest of the books just tell their stories. But Just like you, I remain a huge fan of this Swamp Thing run, even though it is a limited series, as we sort of discovered last issue. um, I'm excited to see where it's going to end up in these last four
0: issues. Yeah. Stillwater number nine from image comics written by chip zdarsky art by ramon k perez in this issue we're picking up at the cliffhanger the last issue where our main character finds out the kids of the town where nobody dies have built a ewok village for themselves to live truly, in truly truly a direct Straight replica up. of the ewok village and they are sick and tired of never growing older they want his help they want to fight back and by the end that's exactly what's happened um I still really like this series and I like how much it's ripping through story here and adding details. It's definitely expanding on the basic premise in ways that I could not have expected. Um, I like it quite a bit. What'd you think, Justin?
2: Yeah, same thing. Like it feels like um, Chip is really moving through the, the story points. He wants to hit very like quickly and sort of like, this is, I want to do this, move these characters here. Like I, I feel like he has just a great, index cardboard um and he's like to get uh to get it where it wants to go um and maybe this is i feel like i've said this a lot tonight um i feel like i just want more time with our main character like Mm -hmm. we've explored the world so much i want to sort of pull it back and hear more about what he thinks about all this the first couple issues was very much like i can't believe i'm in this town this is crazy this is my life now i guess and then it's just been Seeing through over his shoulder all the fucked up stuff that's happened. Yeah. I sort of want to pull back and have him be like, okay, I, I'm going to make a little bit of sense of this before I go forward.
0: Yeah. And last but not least, as promised, it's our final Jamestown of the Fourth title, Wind Number Nine from Boone Studios, written by Jamestown of the Fourth, art by Michael Dialinus. In this issue, our main character is finding out more about the vampire fairy war that's been going on. We yeah. have our expansive cast going all over the place. Um, I, I, yeah, I still like this. I still think this is good. The vampires are very creepy and terrifying and weird in particular. Um, like you've been saying, I do want a little more focused on wind in this issue um, we certainly get a lot of him, but there's this whole mystery about who he is, what his powers are, why he has his wings. And I think we need a little more of that.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think, I think so too. But what I do like about it is it does feel like the wind and the book are sort of maturing a little bit at the same time as in each issue. Um, And that's, that's really cool. That feels like um, something you don't really see a lot in books. The characters sort of, remain the same or change in big ways. And it feels like we're actually watching wind mature. And this is tragically over the course of this issue. um, And the art almost feels like it's getting a little less cartoony Mm -hmm. the wings, especially they feel like more realistic wings. And that is sort of a nice also synergy of the, the look of the book feeling like it's maturing at the same time. So uh, again, meticulous, James Meticulous
1: Tynan
0: (laughs) coming through. The... uh, I don't know. I was going to say something about four standing for IV. that's putting quality directly in your veins or something like that, but I'll, I'll okay. workshop it.
2: I'll workshop that's it. Good. That that's good. That's good on the page.
0: Mm-hmm. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the Virtual Comic Book Shop.
2: Come back for the Alex stack.
0: Oh, I hope.